0: Here we are again at the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be a discussion about Alma chapter 61. So, Pehoran has received the epistle from Moroni. Moroni's kind of chewed him out, hasn't he? Uh, thinking that he's been neglectful of the army and of the people that uh, are trying to defend the country. And so, now here's uh, Pehoran's response. Verse 1 Behold, now it came to pass that soon after Moroni had sent his epistle unto the chief governor, he received an epistle from Pehoran, the chief governor, and these are the words which he received. I, Pehoran, who am the chief governor of this land, do send these words unto Moroni, the chief captain over the army. Behold, I say unto you, Moroni, that I do not joy in your great afflictions, yea, it grieves my soul. For behold, there are those who do joy in your afflictions, yea, insomuch that they have risen up in rebellion against me, and also those of my people who are freemen; yea, and those who have risen up are exceedingly numerous." And it is those who have sought to take away the judgment seat from me that have been the cause of this great iniquity. For they have used great flattery, and they have led away the hearts of many people, which will be the cause of sore affliction amongst us. Or among us. They have withheld our provisions, and have daunted our free men, that they have not come unto you. And behold, they have driven me out before them, and I have fled to the land of Gideon with as many men as it were possible that I could get. And behold, I have sent a proclamation throughout this part of the land, and behold, they are flocking to us daily, to their arms, in the defense of their country, and their freedom, and to avenge our wrongs. And they have come unto us, insomuch that those who have risen up in rebellion against us are set at defiance, yea, insomuch that they do fear us, and durst not come out against us to battle. They have got possession of the land of the city, or the city of Zarahemla. They have appointed a king over them, and he hath written unto the king of the Lamanites, in the which he hath joined an alliance with him, in the which alliance he hath agreed to maintain the city of Zarahemla, which maintenance he supposeth will enable the Lamanites to conquer the remainder of the land, and he shall be placed king over this people when they shall be conquered under the Lamanites. And now in your epistle you have censured me, but it mattereth not, I am not angry, but do rejoice in the greatness of your heart. Elder Maxwell said, We must always realize that in a perfect church filled with imperfect people, there are bound to be some miscommunications at times. A noteworthy example occurred in ancient American Israel. Moroni wrote two times to Pehoran, complaining of neglect because much needed reinforcements did not arrive. Moroni used harsh language accusing the governor of the land, Pehoran, of sitting on his throne in a state of thoughtless stupor. Pehoran soon made a very patriotic reply, explaining why he could not do what Moroni wanted, though though censored, Pehoran was not angry, he even praised Moroni for the greatness of his heart. Given the intense, mutual devotion of disciples, discussions as to how best to move the Lord's work along, are bound to produce tactical differences on occasion, just as in this episode sometimes scolding occurs that is later shown to be unjustified. Parley P. Pratt recalled an episode when President Brigham Young chastised him and others for their management of the westward migration. In this instance also, there were two letters of a scolding nature, even alleging insubordination. Of this, Elder Pratt wrote, I could not realize this at the time, and protested that in my own heart, so far as I was concerned, I had no such motive, that I had been actuated by the purest motives. Later it became clear to Elder Pratt that some of those scolded had motives that were not as pure as his. He commented further, Yet I thank God for this timely chastisement. I profited by it, and it caused me to be more watchful and careful ever after. It is worthy remembering that Elder Pratt protested in his heart, not publicly. He took it. Perhaps President Young, like Moroni, might have, might have taken note of how Elder Pratt was even sick at the time. But like Moroni, President Young did not know of the full conditions. The stuff out of which offense is made is all around us, if we wish to seize upon it. What we learn, however, from men like Pehorin and Elder Pratt should give us pause, especially when we may be inclined to take umbrage instead of following the Brethren. The church, uh, Hugh Nibley said, the church is a training school in which everyone is there for the training. So don't waste time criticizing the authorities. In that regard, the Book of Mormon gives us another neat example. Moroni had very good reason to complain about the top men of the nation sitting upon their thrones in a state of thoughtless stupor while the work of death was going on around them. Many today are complaining of a like situation, but the moral of the story, as it turns out, is that Moroni, in his, in his criticism, was wrong, completely out of order. He simply did not understand the situation. He was quite right about the crime, but it was not for him to apportion the guilt. So let us, when distressed in by the inadequacies of others, remember the number one instruction of the Book of Mormon. This is my doctrine, that the Father commandeth all men everywhere to repent and believe in me. This life is a state of probation. Be wise in the days of your probation." So this is a good example for all of us not to jump to conclusions uh, but to uh, but to take difficulties when they come and to take it with grace. I pay and do not seek for power save only to retain my judgment seat that I may preserve the rights and the liberty of my people. My soul standeth fast in that liberty in the which God hath made us free. President Hinckley said, I have worked with seven presidents of this church. I have recognized that all have been human but I have never been concerned over this. This may have been They may have had weaknesses, but this has never troubled me. I know that the God of heaven has used mortal men throughout history to accomplish his divine purposes. They were the very best available to him, and they were were wonderful. Verse 10, and now behold, we will resist wickedness even unto bloodshed. We would not shed the blood of the Lamanites if they would stay in their own land. We would not shed the blood of our brethren if they would not rise up in rebellion and take the sword against us. We would subject ourselves to the yoke of bondage if it were requisite with the justice of God, or if he should command us so to do. But behold, he doth not command us that we shall subject ourselves to our enemies, but that we should put our trust in him, and he will deliver us." Therefore, my beloved brother Moroni, let us resist evil, and whatsoever evil we cannot resist with our swords, yea, such as rebellions and dissensions, let us resist them with our swords, and that we may retain our freedom. I read that wrong. Let me go back. Let us resist evil, and whatsoever evil we can we can resist, we cannot resist boy, I'm messing this one up. I'm gonna do it again. Let us resist, take two, no, take three. Let us resist evil and whatsoever evil we cannot resist with our words, yea, such as rebellions and dissensions. Let us resist them with our swords that we may retain our freedom, that we may rejoice in the great privilege of our church and in the cause of our Redeemer and our God. That was a tough one to get through. Sorry about that. I probably should edit that out, huh? Yeah, maybe I will. Therefore, come unto me speedily with a few of your men, and leave the remainder in the charge of Lehi and Teancum. Give unto them power to conduct the war in that part of the land, according to the Spirit of God, which is also the spirit of freedom which is in them. Behold, I have sent a few provisions unto them, that they may not perish until ye ye can come unto me. Gather together whatsoever force ye can upon your march hither, and we will go speedily against those dissenters, in the strength of our God, according to the faith which is in us." Pahoran is giving orders to Moroni because Pahoran is the commander in chief. Moroni is the chief captain of the army under Pahoran. So he's going to come into the city now and take over. And we will take possession of the city of Zarahemla that we may obtain more food to send forth unto Lehi and Teancum. Yea, we will go forth against them in the strength of the Lord and we will put an end to this great iniquity. And now Moroni, I do joy in receiving your epistle for I was somewhat worried concerning what we should do. Whether it should be just in us to go against our brethren. George Q. Cannon said it is better to carry out a plan that is not so wise if you are united on it. Speaking generally, a plan or a policy that may be inferior in some respects is more effective if men are united upon it than a better plan would be upon which they were divided. When they carry that counsel out unitedly and in the same spirit, will be blessed and the church will be blessed. And as I have said, God will supplement our weakness by his strength and our want of knowledge by his infinite knowledge and his great power. Verse 20, but we have said, except they repent, the Lord hath commanded you that you sh- that ye should go against them. See that ye strengthen Lehi and Teancum in the Lord. Tell them to fear not, for God will deliver them. Yea, and also all those who stand fast in that liberty wherewith God hath made them free. And now I close my epistle to my beloved Moroni. This just shows, the again, the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon that uh, Joseph Smith would not have shown Moroni in such a bad light because he was such a hero. Uh, but this is translated material. To that I bear testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time for the concluding episode of Moroni and Pehoran. See you next time. Bye.